Welcome to the Internet Report. This is a weekly show where we break down all of the interesting incidents that occurred in the previous week. My name is Angelique Medina, and I'm joined by Archana Kesavan, my co-host. So we're going to start first with just giving you a quick rundown of what happened last week and also go through some statistics, um, which we do um, every week. Um, some things that uh, made the news last week were there was a Cloudflare issue with their uh, dashboard. There was some issues with users unable to uh, access their banking um, information to check on the stimulus check. And then we also had some pretty significant outages. So we'll, we'll run through all of that. Um, but first, we're gonna take a look at uh, some of the numbers uh, that we saw last week. So if you'll recall, last week, uh, we, we noted that outages were down overall. And speculated that that was potentially due to some normalizing or stabilizing uh, within the service provider networks or the ISP networks. So this week, what we can see is that outages were uh, up from the previous week. So they went up last week. And, and just to um, reiterate this, this particular graph is looking at um, network outages across um, ISPs, cloud providers, collaboration apps, and then edge infrastructure as well. That's right. Yeah. So uh, something something to note and that we mention each week is just, you know, what we're actually covering here. So it's more than ISPs. It's a, a number of different provider types. And if we look at this from a daily standpoint, we can see that there was some uh, dip in uh, outages, you know, that corresponded with that, that lower number we saw a couple of weeks back. Mm -hmm. And then starting on Monday, April 13th, you see this kind of jumps right back up to 49 outages. And that was, a, that was something um, very interesting. We'll take a look at Monday specifically, even though it wasn't the peak period during the week in terms of the number of outages we saw more like on the 15th and 16th for example monday was actually much more interesting because it was very widespread and the outage uh incidents that were happening were very long lasting as opposed to the the monday uh or sorry the tuesday wednesday in which they were fairly brief um outage events that didn't seem to have as significant an impact and also um, right there in, in the weekly trend, the midweek where you see those numbers spike up just a little bit than the averages on Monday, 52 and 53, um, they were independent of the, um, you know, the, the banking issue that um, Angelique was talking about uh, in the beginning where people couldn't, uh, you know, access their financial institutions to check about the stimulus check. Uh, this is because the outages that are being reported here is specifically from a network perspective. And, you know, as you're going to see later in the show, um, that's kind of independent of what was happening with the stimulus check, check issue. That's right. And that, and that, for those of you who aren't in the US, that's something that was expected to be delivered on the 15th, which is historically, it's our US tax day, even though that's been pushed uh, uh, back a little bit this year, but April 15th was really kind of that hotspot um, day. Now we can see that, you know, overall, no, no surprise that um, the ISPs make up the bulk of outages. 
there's just so many providers in that category as opposed to cloud service providers or UCAS providers. Um, so, you know, it was up for sure uh, over the week of April 6th. Now, does this mean that we're kind of back to where we were at the end of the end of March? Um, you know, it's it's not clear. It's I think what the internet has shown us is that it's unpredictable. Um, so maybe this is an indication there's still some adjustments or changes being made, or it could just be that you know we're we're uh, we've seen some anomalous activity that's that's impacting the number overall. In terms of the cloud service providers, they look um, pretty steady and um, nothing really interesting to report there. Um, they overall don't experience a lot of outages in their networks and, uh, and that was the same for last week as well. And the collaboration app providers, they came down from their peak at the end of March and hasn't really gone up since then. So that's, that's good. And now this is something I think um, in terms of the, the outage events from a network standpoint, there was something that really uh, was really interesting that occurred on Monday that we're gonna, we're gonna look at a little bit more closely. So we see here, this is the 49 um, spike that we are gonna talk about that we noticed specifically um, on, on Monday. That's right. So on Monday the 13th, we saw that there was a number of ISPs that had an issue. So we can see here, we have level three communications, we have NTT, we have Cogent and Shaw and AT&T and Zayo uh, and GTT, um, and actually more uh, providers than this that were simultaneously experiencing outage events in their network. Now, if we look here, we can see that Telia is really the one that seems to have been more, most impacted by this event. And if we look at some of the other markers of this outage, we can see that the duration of the outage is pretty significant, lasting over 30 minutes. It impacted uh, quite a number of locations throughout the United States, including Chicago and Dallas. And um, we also do see, though, that other providers had similarly long outages. So if you look at Cogent, 38 minutes, 24 minutes for level three. So this is not just um, notable from the standpoint of scope or um, the fact that this was occurring simultaneously, just the, the sheer um, uh, time that it took to resolve this issue was pretty significant. So one of the other things, you know, at the same time that we saw is one of these providers actually, um, you know, withdrew their routes to the most heavily impacted um, ISP in here. And um, that lasted, I mean, that withdrawal of routes, you know, lasted for about, um, I believe, like nine hours. Um, around nine hours. Yeah. 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 So yeah. around this time, you know, th there didn't seem to be any, um, in terms of what the root cause was, it's interesting because this was such a strange um, outage event that happened at the same time. Um, we were kind of looking at BGP routing to see if there was potentially some, um, anything noteworthy there. And the only thing that we could see was this, uh, one of the application providers withdrew their uh, route uh, from, from Telia. Mm -hmm. And then, as you mentioned, didn't restore it until about nine hours nine later. Hours. So it could be that, that, you know, they were 
potentially had made a change in their network or maybe one of their uh, one of the other ISPs made a change in their network that then impacted their peers and so they they had sort of a there was a collateral impact as a result of that um, but basically they were just trying to um, you know avoid um, Telia in, in that particular case right um, because that's right, that's right. now why that is whether that was coincidental or not we just don't know, don't know. but certainly um, the fact that they were the most impacted by this um, this outage on um, Monday is you know is something you know to keep in mind right so, and, and and just looking at when we say most impacted that that includes you know not just the number of interfaces that were affected but also um, their expanse and regionally um, how widespread that that particular outage was within Telia's um, network that's right that's right yeah. so if you were to have say an infrastructure issue like maybe if you had a router that you know just uh, you know up and, and died or something um, that might affect one location. But the fact that this is simultaneously impacting five uh, cities, you know, East Coast, uh, you know, Texas uh, is, is um, Chicago. Yep. Is interesting and indicates again that this was likely due to something, some change that was made by the operator within their environment, whether that was intentional or unintentional change that then potentially also caused some of the issues in the neighboring um, uh, ISPs that they're connected to, so their peers. Possibly cascaded down to um, the ISPs that they were connected with. That's right, yeah. So so this was, this was sort of the most um, notable event last week from a network standpoint. Now, the other um, thing that, that happened was this, um, this incident with uh, the banks and them not able to um, have their users log in and access their, um, their stimulus check information, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, so essentially what you're seeing here is um, across the U.S., you know, users were unable to get into or, or access their particular, you know, um, financial institution in, in this particular case. So all you, those red nodes is basically an indication of there is an issue. The interesting thing, however, is, you know, when, when you see these issues that come up in terms of accessing an application, um, they can pretty much be anywhere in the, in the stack, right? Like, and, and that's kind of, you see that on the left-hand side here in terms of um, where the issue is split down by faces. And what you see here is, you know, there is essentially a problem in um, receiving um, or, or logging into, this is the login page of a particular financial institution that we're looking at. Um, there was an issue actually logging into the page. Um, however, um, the interesting thing um, is there was not a problem in the actual network path to right. get to um, the edge location of these um, financial That's right. institutions. I mean, right? if you look at like just even the status here by phase, you can see mm -hmm. there wasn't a DNS issue. Yep. There wasn't a connect issue. So that, you know, typically when you see that there's no connect issue, that means that you're, that there isn't a corresponding network issue, um, which as you mentioned, we'll see that um, um, in a moment, you know, so, so connecting to, the web server was not the problem, but mm. getting the response was, and we can kind of see that here, that looks like the network path is, is clean. Right, and it's it's not surprising that these, um, you know, uh, 
URLs or these websites are front-ended by a CDN, right? That's precisely um, why a CDN exists. You should have them. And there was no problem in actually getting to that edge like you see here in, in the actual network path. Yeah, so then the question is, was this an issue with the CDN provider maybe not being able for, for whatever reason to serve up the content and was this specific to a particular provider? And what we saw was that wasn't the case, right? Like this was fairly widespread, it impacted a number of different banks who were using many different, many different providers. And in right. some cases, we had the same bank who was using uh, several CDN providers and all of them were experiencing the same issue simultaneously. So this didn't appear to be impacted or, or didn't appear to be caused by the CDM providers. Mm -hmm. I mean, at, I'm at this particular point, kind of overlapped with, you know, um, Cloudflare um, having an issue which really impacted their um, API or their dashboard, not their CDN services. Right. Um, so this is not to be confused with, you know, um, Cloudflare's um, issue last week. They were completely um, independent here um, from what we saw. Yeah, yeah. Which is, this is really interesting because, you know, we discussed this earlier. So this, so it's not the CDN provider that's the problem, but they're not able to even serve up in most instances that we saw a login page, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason for this, it appears that, you know, they couldn't even, that it, it's likely because they weren't able to um, revalidate um, or refetch the index files for the um, banking site. And because of that, they couldn't serve up any additional components or, or web objects from that point on, so, even if they were stored with the CDM provider because it, you know, they couldn't revalidate that. Yeah, they didn't really know the intelligence that comes from that index file. Um, it was unavailable so and the index files fetched from the origin so you know they didn't really have um any idea on how to even load up the uh, the main page right now you could certainly store your index file with the cdn provider which could potentially have um you know prevented at least uh, prevented the this issue with just the login page loading, mm -hmm. but it's but it appears that this was an issue with the the banking um, the banking's own origin from being overloaded. So even if the login page had been able to be loaded by the CDN provider, it, it does seem like there was you know the origin itself was having issues, and so yeah. logging in may have been a problem either way. But it's, you would have just, you know, in this particular case, you were stuck like in the first page. If the index file had been local, um, you would have probably gotten stuck, you know. Yeah. Um, you might have gotten further along. Steps in. You may right. still have run into issues. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that was, um, that was a pretty significant um, issue that occurred on the 15th. And it was, something that uh, that occurred throughout the day at different periods. So there were some instances in which it, the the site was available and loaded and then you know maybe 30 minutes later it would um, it, it wouldn't be. And this was something we saw across not just mid-sized banks. We saw this even very large banks had the same issue yep. with 
was a little surprising to us because large banks typically have pretty, um, you know, they, they have a lot of, uh, and like redundant they would have the scale to manage uh, the inbounds on this, but but, I mean, we were talking about this yeah. you know, um, just before this call in terms of um, how much was the load, right? And right, right. I mean, if you consider that the population of the United States and it was reported that 93%, more than 93% of the U.S. population qualified mm-hmm. to get at least some part of, of the stimulus. Um, on April 15th. That's right. So if you just look at the sheer number, you know, the volume of, num- of uh, you know, what we're looking at here um, in terms of the population, maybe it isn't all that surprising. But it, it is surprising that it wouldn't necessarily have been anticipated by the banks, right? I mean, if they yeah. were expecting that this was going to happen, um, you know, why they weren't prepared, we just don't know. But this has all happened pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's not surprising that, you know, that it just, there was just no way to accommodate this. but right. it wasn't like, you know, you different sets of people were logging in at different points in time to kind of spread that load, you know, people were probably um, just, just waking up in the morning and, and, working, you know, right? Right, right. and then it, it, it kind of um, unfortunately impacted um, a lot of um, the financial institutions that day. Yeah. So then, uh, so beyond that, you know, it's, uh, if we, well, actually, one of the things that we were also talking about with reference to the CDM providers and one of the reasons to, um, you know, what, why the CDM providers themselves are um, so valuable in distributing traffic locally, um, this came up because we were talking again about Netflix and why this keeps coming up in, in terms of, you know, them being responsible for um, maybe slowing down uh, network performance because, you know, people are just streaming more. I, I guess that's the idea. But um, we had, we were talking about this um, earlier and also again last week. So the way that, that Netflix distributes their, uh, their content. Yeah. It's right. They they basically run their own CDN infrastructure, and they are in many instances co-located within ISPs. And so when you're streaming, yeah, they actually have this program called the Open Connect, mm-hmm. uh, where it's um, where it's actually a physical device, which and, and ISPs need to partner with Netflix to actually yeah. do that, right? Um, and it's actually a physical device that. Um, basically um caches i don't think cache is the right word but maybe yeah yeah it does i mean it caches caches all the content that is um regional right depending on um uh, analytics on you know what kind of shows that particular region is interested in you know it caches all of it so every time so when v plus play um on netflix it doesn't necessarily go to the origin to fetch all of that data that's yeah pretty much really close to, um, you know, within a few miles of where we are located. Right. And sometimes it can happen that it would pick the, the most available, you know, um, edge location 
and can switch midway once it kind of finds the um, you know the best fit. So sometimes when you've seen the case of you know you press play and you see a little bit of blur, but then it immediately uh, snaps back and you see that clarity. That's when you know it's picked like a better location to feed um, the stream from, right? right. Um, so yes. So yeah, so I mean, if somebody, if your neighbor, you know, even if it's something that may not be um, it, like incredibly popular, even if your neighbor were to like stream the video and it has to be, you know, fetched for the first time from origin, then it's cached, you know, then it's that copy is available locally. And, and also, I mean, one thing that that can be done as well by content providers is they can, they can anticipate when uh, content is going to be popular for a particular demographic or region, and they can pre-cache yep. content even before it's requested. Um, and so by doing that, they are preventing the requests being made to their origin. So that keeps the load down across like the internet backbone across transit providers and right. then makes your experience that much better because you're basically going to be connecting to a very um a very close by um uh caching server and so and yeah so, so so the whole um you know and then the reason this comes up a lot of times is because um netflix did take some steps in terms of you know reducing um the bandwidth of um you know, across their uh, video streams, right? They said they don't necessarily, they're not going to compromise on the resolution. So if you've subscribed for, you know, a 4K HD uh, stream, you're gonna get it. However, um, the bandwidth is going to get reduced by 25%, right? Um, and even- about like lowering the bit rate or something like that. Yeah, it's lowering the bit rate. And um, my guess is the way they're actually doing that is kind of lowering the frames per second um for that particular um you know resolution so um you're not going and and our eye doesn't necessarily like you know detect that 25 percent um reduction in the frames per second so you're probably not seeing um you know, the actual um uh, impact of it and and the only place to the whole conversation about you know the cdns and the edge being able to um stream this um data is that even if it does help reduce uh, the bandwidth, it's it's really for you know the last mile or or very short right. Um, right. You know, um, distance. It's not necessarily um, the entire backbone of the internet, um, which will right. see the impact of this particular yeah. Um, change. Yeah, and and from the standpoint of usage, I mean, a lot of the ISPs have even said that you know the the peak periods of time in which Netflix. Um, usage is up, which is typically in the evenings, that hasn't really changed, you know, because yes, people are using the internet more, but from the standpoint of like streaming Netflix content um, or other video content, that's still within the same window of time. And the, the broadband providers have built out their networks to accommodate that that, um, that volume of downstream um, uh, network usage, right? So this is coming yep. um, locally down to them. And so that really isn't something that's changed all that much with yep. what happened. And so this, you know, I think part of where this came up was the, um, the European commissioner, uh, some official agency or something in Europe was asking Netflix to make some changes in how they delivered content. 
And what's interesting about this is that this was not based on any measured or or real. Um, they didn't run into problem, a problem. Right? Like they were yeah. just. It was like the, the the commissioner was basically like, we think you're going to be a problem, and so please do something. And of course, Netflix is going to be like, well, yes, we're going to do what we can, even though it's not necessarily it wasn't necessarily a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so you know why why they took it upon themselves to ask this. You know, um, it, it's not it's clear. Also, they probably didn't um, understand work. Right. It's also that you know uh, we've not seen this policy or or this change kind of implemented in the U.S., for instance. Right. Um, right. It's been specific to um, EU. Um, maybe it's it. And just um, speculating here is that their last mile connection, for instance, uh, might not be as, um, you know, um, up to date or, or um, as, as good as, you know, what you find in the U.S. There could be some parts of EU where, you know, um, connectivity yeah. is not upgraded. Right, right. The market in the European kind of telco market seems to be more fragmented. There's many more smaller providers that are just like doing business locally within a particular country. And because of that, there's a lot of variation in quality. So it may just be that they were trying to make this, you know, that they they had brought this up just to preempt any issue that, you know, could happen. Yeah, yeah. It it would be interesting, um, you know, a few more weeks to see if there's actually any data that shows this reduced or or what it did, right? Um, We haven't seen anything so far. um, And and we don't think it should have definitely impacted as much. But if there is anything out there, that'll be interesting to um, take a look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And from the standpoint of the US, I think, you know, it's, it's not something in most areas of the country that should be a cause for concern. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That brings us to the. I know. Yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. A lot of things that happened last week, right? Um, the the um, outage on Monday, April 13th, which was not just like it was extended from a time period perspective, but also the intensity of that uh, was uh, pretty, um, you know. Um, deep or, or heavy compared to the other outages we've probably seen. Um, April 15th was the stimulus check that we just went through. Um, but yeah, keep uh, stay tuned. And, you know, if you'd like to, um, you know, be aware of um, the outages that are happening, get a little bit more deeper dive into it, follow us on our blog um, and uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate our show uh, in here. And uh, if you email that particular email address there, you're actually going to get a free t-shirt as well. So um, don't forget to do that. We have some pretty uh, fun t-shirts. The one that you see there right now is our newest edition, which we released last week. So definitely feel free to email um, Eileen there uh, to get your t-shirt and rate us. All right, that's our show. We'll see you guys next week.